This is Giancarlo Volpe, producer of Green Lantern, the animated series, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. Let no evil should escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might be where my power green lands are going. But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone. Oh. <laughs> wow. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews got Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block, the title DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I am, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. And with me is the most infamous of our Across the Airways core. ATA's Retro Reviews, very own... Michael Day Petty. Can Michael, in your magical, wonderful announcer's voice, can you tell us what we're doing today on this exciting episode of DC Nation podcast? Absolutely, Dan. On this week's episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be actually reviewing the Batman Beyond Unlimited comic book series. Starting with the Batman Beyond limited series, Hush. After that, we will be talking about the Batman Beyond series before the New 52. And then we'll be talking about the Batman Beyond Unlimited series, which covers Batman Beyond, Justice League Unlimited, and Superman Beyond. After that, we'll be reviewing the ninth chapter of Smallville Season 11 premiere, Guardian. And just so there's not any confusion with the Superman, I mean the Batman Beyond comics, I'm sorry. They, They don't reset... When the new 52 begins, they're no. all one straight story. It's just they're divided up into different volumes. So we have a Batman Beyond Volume 1, Batman Beyond, well, technically... Technically it's Volume 3. Yeah, technically it's Volume 3 because there were a Volume 1 and 2, which were based on the animated series that went on when the Batman Beyond animated series is going on. These comics, starting with Volume 3... And now going into volume four, basically follow the same story that uh, takes place after the Batman Beyond animated series ended. And then Batman Beyond Unlimited continues with uh, Terry's story that began with issue one of volume three. But it also covers uh, Superman Beyond, which is stories about the animated series Superman in the future. And also there's a Justice League Unlimited feature at which deals with the Justice League team of the future, which it has uh, Warhawk and uh, the Kid Green Lantern. Cairo. Big, yeah, Big Barda and Aquagirl. And Superman and Batman. And, and, yes. And, and Super- Micron. And Micron, yes. We always forget Micron. Because Micron gets kind of beat up and thrown off to the side and every single the side, every single story. time every single time he appears he's been beaten up or something or he's mind like, controlled he needs a really good health plan yeah or he's mind controlled right exactly so 
that's that's kind of how it goes. And again, this story takes place before Epilogue, the episode that aired on uh, Justice League Unlimited, which counts as the final episode of the Batman Beyond universe. So basically, well, these, the DC animated universe too. Right. So basically, these comics are filling in the gaps. So we're getting stuff about the origins of Terry revealing his identity to Dana, things like that. Uh, the beginning of Terry's relationship with Cadmus and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to start with the Superman Batman annual? Honestly, I want to start with the hush part. Okay. Because I felt like the annual kind of took place after that story. Okay. Went down. All right. Yeah. Also, there is a Superman Batman annual four, which connects to this series. And that is the prequel to the Superman Beyond one-shot comic, which kind of sets up the Justice League Unlimited comic. And Superman Beyond. Well, yeah, well, Superman Beyond is within the Justice League Unlimited comic. Yeah, but they kind of call it their own thing, too. Anyway. Well, yeah. If you read these comics online, they're divided into separate books. Yes. So there's Batman Beyond Unlimited. Unlimited, right? Or is it just Batman Beyond, it's called? Well, it's Batman Beyond, I believe, and then it's Justice League Unlimited, and then it's Superman Beyond online, and then it's Batman Beyond Unlimited in the digital, or on the print. On the print, okay. Yes. So that'll figure out some confusion. We're going to be talking about the prints here, just to save you from any confusion. And uh, the story starts out basically with Terry McGinnis kind of doing his thing, still being Batman, having uh, Bruce talk to him through the suit uh, via audio communication. And this bad guy shows up and starts um, killing former Batman villains. And originally they think it's Two-Face. And I really got excited about that because Two-Face is such a big villain. I wanted to know what Bruce's final encounter with him was like. Also, Two-Face was got such a huge story arc within the Batman animated series. It actually was a huge part of the final episode. I was curious how his story ended up playing out. And sadly, it didn't go there. Actually, the whole like concept mm. of seeing former Batman villains kind of blew up in our faces as they went to the more lower-key villains, like Calendar yeah. Man. And Mad Hatter. And Mad Hatter, who we didn't even get to see. No, we didn't even get to see him. And he's so creepy on the animated series as it is. I kind of wanted to see him. Yeah. But whatever. He, he is kind of creepy. The voice actor adds a lot to that. And instead they showed us Calendar Man, who I don't even think was on the Batman animated series. Um, no, I don't think he was either. But so, <laughs> he, I think he was in one of the spinoff comics, because Batman animated series had about three spinoff comics, maybe more. Yeah, I think he did appear in that. 
I think he was in the Batman Adventures one. The second Batman Adventures one. Because they kind of had like a calendar girl. If you saw that episode with the fashion model woman yeah. that wore the mask. Yep. Who kind of reminded me of that woman in the uh, Tim Burton Batman movie that wears cool, the but... masks. So that's the closest to Calendar Man they got on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, just so you all know, we, Michael and I are experts on Batman the Animated Series. Really oh, into yeah. it. It's one of our favorite shows. Okay, we also very much so love Batman Beyond. The character oh, yeah. Terry McGinnis is great. And Michael, I've got to ask, like starting reading this comic for the first time, was it great for you to get back to Terry McGinnis and his adventures? It was, because the last time I had like had any contact with Terry before that was Return of the Joker, which I, I believe I had just bought on DVD like a month or two ago before. Yeah. And I had bought it because I didn't own it, obviously. And I wanted to see it again because it had been years. And so I had bought that, and I was really into it. I was kind of mad that we didn't have a comic or anything, and then that comic comes out. And I was really excited about that. So, I mean, and it was different, too. Like, it wasn't a normal Batman Batman Beyond story. Right. It was very, it, it was, I don't know if I want to say very different, but it was different enough. Yeah, well, we still got the things that we loved about Batman Beyond. I yes. thought... Bruce and Terry's relationship was played out really well here. Um, I think it helped the writers now knowing that Terry's ultimately supposed to be Batman's son Mm -hmm. to help their building relationship. Yeah. Um, I really thought Batman had an interesting arc here that he was almost jealous of Terry because he was having such a hard time giving up being Batman. Who, Bruce? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And there was an interesting episode. Um, I was talking to Nico about it, who everyone knows as the co-host on the original or regular ATA show. And he was talking to me about the episode where the older Bruce thought he was going crazy. Yeah. Uh, you remember that one? Yeah. And he said something to Terry about uh, Terry said, oh, I thought we almost lost you or something like that. He goes, no, I knew I wasn't going crazy. And he said, why is that? He goes, well, whatever the bad guy was doing to me, they kept calling me Bruce. And I don't think of myself as Bruce. That is probably one of the creepiest revelations in the entire Batman franchise. I mean, we all know it's It's awesome. But for him to say it, it's just, oh my goodness. So basically, he felt that he was almost losing his identity or who he was by Terry taking over. Yes, but I also think in a way he wanted it. Because yeah. he couldn't do it. Like, he quit because not only he realized he was getting too old and couldn't do it, he scared himself. Yeah into becoming something he did not want to be, into becoming the exact thing he swore to destroy. Right. And I think Terry taking over as Batman, I think it gave him a second chance in a way. Yeah, but it it was a struggle for him in this comic. Oh, yeah. Which is why he came up with the Bat-robots. 
within this story. Yes. And that that was an interesting concept. Yeah, it, it's a lot like the Kingdom Come thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I it didn't shock me, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's where they got the idea is Kingdom Come. Well, they look kind of like the Kingdom Come robots, too. Well, do you mind sharing with everyone what Kingdom Come is who, who don't know? Kingdom Come is basically an alternate future comic, and I forget who it's written by. I know Alex Ross does the art. I don't remember who write, who wrote it. But basically it's an alternate future comic where the main heroes, the Justice League heroes, no longer exist. And all the heroes are basically like mercenaries in a way. Right. And Superman is retired he, to the Fortress of Solitude. Wonder Woman is kind of like the only one left, really. And Batman, well, he's using robots in Gotham City because he's too old to fight. Or so he says. Right. So, so that's that, basically what it is. So that's where the robots came from. Yes. It's a Kingdom Come thing. And Bruce brings in the robots to fight who he thinks is Hush from that popular Batman storyline. And they think. Another reason I was excited about this story. And they think from that cut. Well, they think Tommy Elliott's come back from the dead. Yes. And it sends them on this path where. Of course, we see, we think we're going to see former Batman villains. I was really disappointed they didn't address Two Face more on this story. Were you? Yeah, I because you know how Two Face ended with that last the episode. third personality. Yeah, right. And you and I have talked about it over and over again on what could happen, but like we want an official answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's annoying. That's almost the topic that you need to cover in a animated film. Yes. But they're not going to do DC animated universe films. I think they should, but they're not going well, to. Well, I'm talking about uh, animated direct-to-DVD film. I know, like like the ones that they do now, but they said they're done with the DC animated universe. I mean, I just feel like the time is right to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nostalgia for it's it, you know, the nostalgia for it is huge. Yes. And I think it was right to shut down the DCAU for a little while. Um, I think that the writer's brains kind of got fried, but I think now that they've had some time away from it, it has had some success with mm-hmm. green. Well, with green lantern, the animated series and stuff. I think they should jump back to it and maybe use some of the new blood that we got an opportunity to talk to, like um, John Carlo Volpe, to help put together another animated film. Yeah. For the DCAU. I think they could do it. Well, the thing is, like, I'm not saying that they have run out of ideas, but Paul Dini, Bruce Timonell, and Burnett maybe need to pass the torch, so to speak, and offer and. Yeah, like want new ideas, you know. Or or use these comics and turn them into animated film. Like the Hush one would be awesome. The Hush one would be awesome because we don't get an explanation on Two-Face, but we do get an explanation on what happened to Dick Grayson. Yeah. 
finally. As as Nightwing, and that that was interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. Not exactly what I thought for the end of Nightwing, but it does pan out most for the most part. Where basically the Joker has he shot uh, Nightwing pretty heavily with an <laughs> Uzi rapid fire with a rapid fire Uzi because Batman as he was getting older he was getting more cold and disconnected from people and, including Nightwing yeah including Nightwing and because of that he made a huge mistake that caused Nightwing uh, almost cost Nightwing his life mm-hmm. and so that happens and the one part of it that didn't make full sense was the Joker ended up kidnapping Alfred. And Michael and I thought that was kind of fishy because we didn't think he deduced Batman's identity until just before he died in that whole incident that took place in Return of the Joker. Yeah. So we he could have also confused. wanted ransom money, though. True. For, for Bruce Wayne? Yeah, because remember he's broke at the end of season four. Right. So maybe he did this out of desperation for money or something. Maybe it didn't have to do with a vendetta against Bruce Wayne or anything like that. It's definitely possible. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll go with that. All right. It's it's a good reason to get Nightwing to come back. It's a good reason for them to have a team up. It it, it makes total sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I completely agree. Um, and Dick Grayson, he's he, he kind of looks kind of awesome now. He has an eye patch. He's Nick Fury. Yeah, because his eyeball, I guess, got <laughs> shut out or something. So oh, painful. That, that was kind of cool. Um, and he's still able to put up a good fight and stuff. Actually, he actually goes with Terry get to the final battle against the new Hush. Yeah. Who turns out to be someone... Very unexpected. Yeah, and, and before, well, when he's first revealed, he's revealed as Dick Grayson. Yeah, which is like, what? Wait, there are two of you? Well, there actually are two Dick Graysons because it's revealed that Cadmus, in trying to create another Batman, uh, ended up. Another Nightwing. Yeah, clone Nightwing to get their own Batman because they thought that Dick Grayson could better follow orders over Bruce Wayne. Yes. And so Amanda Waller did this after Phantasm decided not to kill Terry's parents like she wanted her to in Epilogue. Yes. So maybe she should have went through with that plan because this is a mess. But anyhow... Anyhow, he's he's a little crazy, and he thinks he can save the city by getting rid of all the bad guys. Yes. And that he's essentially going to do that by um, causing a huge explosion in the epicenter of the Gotham earthquake, which happened sometime after Batman the Animated Series came to a close. Yes, because don't they confirm the earthquake? Yes. And that's another yeah. thing I'd like to see animated in an animated film. No Man's Land animated series style. 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff brought up in this these four issues. Or okay. six issues, thank you. That really made me want to see Batman the animated version, Batman the animated series versions of a lot of the popular arcs within the Batman comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you want to talk about the new Catwoman? Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to get to. Also, within this arc, we are introduced to a new uh, Catwoman character who Terry claims her costume doesn't look like Catwoman at all. It does. I, I think it looks like Catwoman. It looks like Catwoman from The Batman. Yes. Very much so. And uh, a little bit of year one, too. Yes. Uh, again, she's as a much darker skin than Selena Kyle. True. And uh, that that's kind of, you know, her thing. Uh, originally, when she first revealed her fa- face, I thought it was Max. You know, Terry's, uh, yeah. I guess, Chloe Sullivan. Sidekick. Yeah, we should say. And uh, that it wasn't. And her backstory really didn't have much connection to anything from uh, Bruce's past or Selena Kyle. Yeah. Which. And then she can clone herself. And then. Yeah, she can. She's like multiple man from the X Men. With Catwoman. Well, I get I get it because there she can only make nine clones. And that's Catwoman's nine lives. Ha ha. Which she claims she's supposed to have in some various incarnations of Catwoman. And Halle Berry's Catwoman. Yeah, and Halle Berry's the uh, I mean the Batman Returns version. Um they said it they went with it in the comics for a little while and the cartoons in the 60s. Uh, yeah. I mean, the okay, not I, cartoons, I, the TV I, show of the 60s. I asked my dad the other day what his favorite, or who his favorite actress was. He goes, I don't know, Halle Berry. I'm like, that awful Catwoman? <laughs> he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I like her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Well, uh, the Catwoman character was interesting. I was surprised not to see her again after that story arc. I I hope we will. Um, Can't say anything because I don't know, but I I think with them bringing Max back, that 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 having Catwoman around would get in the way of the storyline. The other issue Mm -hmm. is is Terry having such a connection to Dana, and us knowing that they're going to get together in the end anyway. They couldn't really play around with the love triangle kind of thing. Plus, they already kind of did it with um, the, the the ten character, right? From the yeah. Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. No, Ace. Ace. What's her name? Ace. Yeah. No, it's right? not. No, it's not. It's not Ace. No, I don't think they called her Ace. I thought it was Ace. No, Ace is for the the little girl. Uh, limited. Oh, then it was ten. Yeah, it was ten. I remember her, her real name was Melanie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because she was yeah. in that episode where Dana's dad is like so incredibly mean to Terry. <laughs> he was like violent with Terry. Yeah, what is with people hating on Terry, you know? I, a lot of people hate on Terry McGinnis. I don't know why. Terry has so many women problems. It's like Spider-Man. Yeah. I Yeah, definitely. Well, he, he kind of somehow miraculously just stays with Dana. Somehow. Yeah, he has all these women really issues. We don't know how it works. But, but she just, okay. We are not questioning it. I mean, I thought it was over after the the Joker's people threw her off that platform or whatever it was. At the nightclub <laughs> and Return of the Joker. Yeah. I thought that was it, but she keeps coming back. She, she just can't stay away. Yeah. Okay, we don't get a lot of Dana within the first arc. No. She's mentioned. He hangs out with her. But there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of Max either. But they explain that she was out of town. And that's fine because this was more of a story about Bruce. And it was more of a story about Dick Grayson and Nightwing. And I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, this I would say this was... If we call this the episode of Batman Beyond, it would be a Bruce-centric episode. A Bruce... And I liked how it ended with, you know, Bruce wanting to kind of rekindle his relationship with Dick and it not working out. Um, And him just kind of, Dick's kind of saving the day and just leaving. Mm -hmm. But I did like that he respected Terry enough, you know, to shake his hand and said, good work, kid, and hey, I'll look out for you. But as far as Bruce is concerned, you know, we're done. We're not going to be connected anymore. I felt so bad for Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Terry felt bad for him, too. Oh, yeah. And I think Terry saw what could happen. Um, what what could, you know, be a potential future with him if he stuck with Bruce? Mm-hmm. But I also think it taught him at the same time to continue to be himself, to not be afraid to challenge Bruce. Right. Because it's interesting. Terry McGinnis, the best thing about his character is he's someone who makes Bruce better. Yes. I think he's the only person that I've ever seen in the Batman universe who's really been able to challenge him. I agree and get through him. And I don't know how that happened. I mean, his personality, Terry's personality is lightning in a bottle. This, this was probably one of the riskiest things that Bruce Tim could have ever done in terms of animation, creating this character. And it worked. There's a real chance that people could have hated Terry McGinnis, but somehow yeah. his personality, and, well, and, the, and the reason why I think people could have hated Terry McGinnis is it's so difficult to create a character that could challenge Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard. So to make a character that could almost fill in the gaps to make Batman a whole person was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, is that the best way to describe it, you think? Yeah, probably. Okay. Like, every problem Batman has, Terry doesn't. Mm -hmm. But Terry has to learn things that Batman knows. Correct. So I guess they make a good team. They really do. They complement each other nicely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was almost like they they made a chart uh, when they started writing Batman Beyond the character, where they wrote attributes to describe Batman, and then they wrote every the opposite of that to create Terry. Mm-hmm. But then also found some similarities between the two of them so they could get along. Like their dark hair, no? Well, like, they they both had the same goals. Yes. So they made them opposites who were after the same thing. Yes. And what I really love is Terry really cares about Bruce, even not knowing that he is his father. Yes. Which, yeah, which is how it should be. Oh, yeah. Well, and Bruce reveals that he really cares about Terry. In his weird way. In his weird way. I, lo- I love when Terry goes, you big softy. He's there, like, no chance, kid. <laughs> there's a point in this story where that's really well done where Terry almost dies. He gets stabbed through the chest. Oh, yeah. And, and Bruce basically has to revive him. And and we really get to see how much Bruce cares about him when he's going to lose him. Oh, yeah, he starts freaking out. Yeah, well, obviously he would after losing so many people to such violence. Mm-hmm. You know, he lost um, Dick because of a violent incident with an Uzi. And he lost Tim horrifically. Oh, yeah. Due to what the Joker did to him. And then I feel like he's lost Barbara as well. For a while. Not not completely, though. Not completely, but for a while. Because he does make an offhanded comment. And this is, I know this is jumping ahead a little bit. But he does make an offhanded comment in the Batman Unlimited comic mm. about her legs bothering her. Mm. So I don't know if there was some experimental surgery done or something done to her. But she was never crippled. Well, we don't know that. Well, we do. How do we know? Because we do. There's about 30 (laughs) years where we don't know what happened. Well, whatever. Well, I mean, there were talks that they were going to do that story arc within the final season of Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. The the animated show when it was on Cartoon Network. Again, right. just for Nolan having the Batman movies. But a stop to that, but that was one of the ideas for a concept. And I think there's information about that on Wikipedia. Of course there is. Well, and it, it was backed up by some a resource. I forgot what it was, but yeah. 
there were talks. I forgot what it was, but it's there. Yes. So there, there is that. There is that. But yeah, the the story arc was, I thought, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Kind it of gushed back and stuff. Should have been longer, I think, maybe. Yeah. And well, I, I wish we would have been able to see more characters in it. But I, I just don't know if they thought it was going to fly or work. Yeah. Because Batman Beyond had been gone so long, they weren't <laughs> sure if there was interest anymore. Because obviously there was because they gave it a full series. And and then it got canceled. Well, and they then just, it got brought back. Well, they just changed it up. That's pretty much what they did. They realized maybe there's more potential for it than just being about Batman. So that jumped us forward to um, to, to the next series. And, yeah. And that starts out... The first arc is Blight, isn't it? No, the first arc is the one with uh, the Matter Master. Oh, yes. First off, we get Terry's story about how he becomes an official member of the Justice League. And yeah. basically a new Matter Master is created. Uh, Matter Master, what villain is he from? What <laughs> rogue scholar is he in? I think it just depends. I think overall Justice League. He's a Justice League villain? Okay. I think so, yes. I don't, to be honest, I don't really know much about Matter Master. Neither he he couldn't even be a Flash villain, all I know. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a Flash villain. Well, and he has that wand, so kind of like Weather Wizard. Yeah. Well, Matter Master, it's this guy who basically realizes he has cancer due to the superheroes, or he's dying because of exposure to the superheroes. So he yes. invades the uh, JLU vault, Justice League Unlimited vault, and he gets the original Matter Masters wand and becomes the new Matter Master. And then somehow, unexplained, he just ends up in Gotham? Um, no, he, he escapes the Justice League because they're chasing him. Yeah. Goes to Gotham. I don't know how they chased him all the way to Gotham, but okay. If that Gotham was farther away from Metropolis. But that's just me. He teleported? I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> anyway, he ends up in the mall at at the mall in Gotham. It takes it over and takes everyone hostage, including, Conveniently. <laughs> including Terry's family. And he encases them in copper, which is a horrible thing to do to your hostages. They're alive, but they're in copper. That's yeah, creepy. Talk about claustrophobia. He left little air holes or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they breathe. I don't know. It was terrible. It was. It was horrific. It's and a, then... <laughs> well, and then uh, Dana and Terry are looking for a new cruiser because it was like a motorcycle, motor scooter thing. Weren't yeah. they getting it for his brother? Yeah, they were getting it for his brother because he's graduating from, uh, I would say, middle school or something like that. Yeah. And so they're going to give the cruiser. And Dana had a funny role in this where she basically came to uh, talk to the car dealer for Terry. Yeah. Kind of, to kind of be a medicine. To make sure he's getting a good deal. 
So I like that. That was funny. Mm -hmm. Leave it to Terry to have a, a tough woman at his side. Comes yeah, those, those women. Well, those I mean, women. for him being Batman, I mean, a woman to be with Batman, she's got to be strong-willed. Yeah, but he's a different Batman. He's a nicer Batman. Right. He's more friendly Batman. But still, she, yes. somebody's got to whip Terry into shape, you know? Not let him to have too much fun. So anyway, she kind of gives the car dealer the business, and then Terry has to leave. Then Dana's left there, and she's ticked off. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't cool. And they're kind of close to breakup stage. Sadly. Sadly. And then we get to the ball, and Bruce's idea for uh, Terry is to solve the dilemma at the ball without the Justice League. Yes. So he decides to tell Terry to go against them because they have this big fight. Which is. Awesome. It should have been on screen. Yeah, it was an awesome fight. And Terry kind of goes, why the heck are we doing this? This is going to waste a lot of time. So he and Aqua Girl kind of realize that maybe they should just explain to each other what's going on and then figure it out. Yeah. And this was another example of Terry teaching Bruce how to become a better person and more personable. Yes. So they do this. They beat the Matter Master, and Terry's asked to join the league. And Bruce is like, no, no, you can't trust them. Don't do this. And Terry says, maybe we need to trust people a little bit. Can join the league. But he gives them, like, what, two conditions? Yes, that basically it's got to be big. The yeah, it's got to be big for him to call him and Gotham's off the nuts. Yes, yes. And I think he gives a third condition that Gotham is priority over everything. Mm. And Bruce is like, I like those terms. Why did I come up with them? <laughs> because, well, he kind of did come up with them. A little bit. He just must have forgotten, I guess. I, I don't know. So anyhow, that happens. Then we go to the next story. In Wade Corp, the workers are going on strike. It's crazy. The company's falling apart. What's what's happening here? We don't know. This guy named G. Glenn Godfrey comes to town. Yes, Godfrey comes back. Great. And we're like, oh no, this is a mess. Yeah, Bruce kind of figures out right away what's going on. It's apocalypse people up to no good. And uh, Bruce kind of says, okay, I know you guys are up to something. We're ready for you. We're going to deal with you. Mm-hmm. And so this goes on, and it turns out that G. Glenn was helping out an old enemy of Terry and Bruce's, Mr. Green Fun Pants himself, Blight, formerly known as Derek Powers. And he's causing all this chaos for Wade Corp to get his company back. And you are back. I'm back. And we're still recording, so... Sorry about that. Whatever. I must have unplugged it again. Remember when we're editing the 30... 39... All right. ...minute mark. Anyway, moving on. To edit that out. Um, but yeah, 
But so this kind of turns into a story with Blight coming back and everything of a story where Bruce kind of needs to learn how to trust in people and believe in his company and what his parents stood for. And basically he puts all of his fortune back into the company to stop Derek Powers from taking it over again. Because he felt he failed his parents by letting Powers take over the first time because he's not going to let Powers do it again. Correct. So they do that. Uh, Blight's energy is getting out of control. So he has to wear a suit similar to Mr. Freeze to keep it under control. It is like Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Terry ends up sabotaging that to defeat Blight. And Blight basically just melts. I, I, I feel kind of bad. I'm like, oh, that's kind I'm of... melting. Exactly. Yes, I, I kind of felt bad for him, too. I've kind of felt bad for him the whole time. And also within the story, there's this cool scene where uh, Terry is kind of set up to uh, interrogate Paxton Powers, uh, Derek's annoying little weaselly son. Oh, who I wish died in that explosion. Yes. But <laughs> it's at the R&D facility for Wade Enterprises. So the bat pod is there. God, there's an awesome scene where Terry actually, actually drives the bat pod out of the exploding warehouse. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, the bat pod is basically the Batman motorcycle from the Dark Knight. Yes, so that was awesome. That brought that a was... smile to my face. Yes. Yes, it did. So then, uh, yeah. So that happens. And that and Blight's defeated and everything's good, pretty much. And that's, is that the end of the arc or is there the eight comics? Then, or... there's, that, then there's that last issue explaining Ink's origin. Yes. There's Ink's origin, and there's also a quick issue with Max explaining her joining up with a group called Storm Cloud. Undercloud. Uh, Undercloud, thank you. Their symbol was a Storm Cloud. Yeah, they're basically an evil group of hackers that want to take over Gotham. And Max joins them to kind of go undercover in the group to get Terry information about them. But she doesn't tell Terry. Yeah, she doesn't tell Terry, and she still hasn't told Terry right now, currently, in the Batman Unlimited, Batman Beyond Unlimited comics. So she still hasn't told them. She's running around in secret dealing with these guys. God, they're making Max do a lot of bad stuff. So yeah. she's kind of debating if she's doing the right thing or not. Which would be a no, yeah. but whatever. And I like the idea that they're giving her a backstory. Got a big plot line. Yeah, I think we needed that because she's been such a supportive character for so long. She needs to be able to you know, do her own thing. Well, she needs something to do. Yeah. Instead of just the one scene of the episode where she and Terry have a phone call. Yeah. So I, I'm glad she had her Alfred moment now, her Alfred story arc. Finally. Finally. I like that. So uh, that's going on. And then we get the story about Ink's origin. That was kind of sad. 
that was very sad. She's a refugee from a uh, country that was in civil war, and she comes to America as basically a human trafficking human trafficking slave, which isn't cool. No, not at all. And then she has a baby, and she has to go off the baby, and then she tries to get the kid back years later. That that doesn't go over so well. Wasn't that an episode of Batman Beyond? Yes. Yeah, where she finds the daughter. Because she's one of Terry's classmates or something, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, so. and then that doesn't work off. It work out and she turns down her mother. And now it seems that her daughter is coming down with the same condition that Ink has. Yes. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a potential future hero or villain within the comics. Well, depending on how she grew up. <laughs> right. And then we jump forward. Did you have one more thing to say on that? No, no, no. no. Okay. And then we jump forward to the Unlimited story. The Batman Beyond Unlimited story. Mm-hmm. And going through that real quick because I want to talk about some of the other revelations. Do you know which one I'm talking about, Michael? Yes. Um. Uh, it's it's revealed that well, Terry and, and Dana break up because of Terry ditching her to save his family at the mall. <laughs> and she's like, like, I don't care about your family. And Max basically <laughs> tells Terry that. If he's going to be with Dana, he's got to spill the beads. He's got to reveal he's Batman. Which we know is eventually going to happen, but the how he gets there is still up in the air. And Dana's brother returns right after she breaks up with Terry. And he's a crazed homicidal maniac. (laughs) To put it lightly. (laughs) Yes. And so Dana's basically living in terror at her house. (laughs) With no Terry. Good though, Terry, and it's just not good. And we get this scene where Dana's dad, a character I really kind of beef against, that thought was like the meanest father in the world. After where he almost doesn't he like almost kill Terry in an episode of Batman Beyond? I don't know. It's something go, crazy like that. It's really like extreme. And he's, yeah, he's this mean, angry. Like, he almost looks like a Yuzuka guy uh, who basically kind of goes crazy on Terry in one episode because Terry's fooling around with another girl or he does something bad. And so the guy just, like, wants to kill Terry. So he's kind of crazy and scary. And uh, I never liked him for that. But I felt bad for him in this scene for basically... He's arguing with his son because the son takes a towel and bashes him in the face and <laughs> fractures his skull. Then he goes, Dana, I'm going out. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, whoa. We're like, wait. Go back. Rewind. And I'm like, I hate that guy. But I, I hate that guy. Dana's dad, but I feel sorry for him. I know. Now you kind of have to. And so then Dana comes to Terry, like, freaking out. And, like, oh, my God, my brother did this. And, by the way, he's a Jokers. 
Yeah, he, he was a joker. Yeah, Terry's like, oh, crap, I got to deal with this. And Batman's like, no, you're not. I, I have to call him Batman. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's Batman to me. He's always Batman, Bruce Wayne is. Not anymore. So, so Bruce is like, in his charming voice, is like, you can't do that. You have to solve a problem. And, and Terry's like, no. And then he goes, none of the Robins ever complained. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> One of them died, but they didn't complain. Classic, classic Bruce. And so what happens is Terry has to go deal with Mad Stan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Mad Stan. There's a villain that we all love. Just saying his name brings out laughter in people. <laughs> if you've forgotten who Mad Stan is, because you haven't watched Batman, Batman Beyond in a while, he's that crazy guy that thinks everything is a government conspiracy <laughs> and wants to blow everything up because of that. Everything. Everything. And he kind of freaks out here because he thinks, you know, the man's saying that he was dead and the man's doing this, the man's doing that. And in the whole process of the complaining... His dog gets kidnapped by these crazy Russian guys. And then he gets ticked. And he wants to blow everything up because his dog was taken. <laughs> and it's really funny. He's so... It's so creepy how attached to his dog he is. <laughs> and then he wants to blow everything up. He even named his dog Boom Boom. Yeah. And the best part is when they're like, he's too stupid to realize... How to use this device to blow us up. That's what the Russians are saying. And they're mm-hmm. saying it in Russian. And then Man stands like, Did you think I was stupid enough not to know Russian? <laughs> yes. He's like the man trying to keep me from learning Russian. So I learned it anyway. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, Sand Stan. I love you. It's just such a great character. I wish we had an entire episode of Batman Beyond dedicated to Mad Stan. Because yes. he only has, like, seeds. I know. But that no, just... he has that one episode. He has one episode, I think. Okay. Maybe one. That that then... seems like a Paul Dini concoction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just wacky enough to be Paul Dini. Yes. So, genius villain. He is something else. So they deal with Mad Stan. It's it's resolved for the most part. And then Terry is going to go after the Joker, otherwise known as Dana's brother. So we'll see where that goes. Still open to uh, right Also now. known as. <laughs> yes. So creepy it's Joker guy. Creepy Joker guy. Kind of what, and it almost seems like he wants to become the new Joker. Because he's leading a whole group of Jokers that are coming in from everywhere. Including London. Yeah, what, where did all these Jokers come from? I don't know, and that's uh, Bruce and Barbara meet to discuss that. And they don't know either. They're like, what's going on? And the next story part is called um, 10,000 Jokers. Yeah. So I think we're in for a fight. I love how Terry and Bruce are like, those are the Jokers from Cincinnati, and those are the Jokers from... Okay. 
The Star I'm City so ones are messed up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's kind of freaky to think that the Joker inspired so many people to become insane lunatics, and Batman couldn't inspire anyone to just stand up besides Terry. Right. It's really sad. It's a government conspiracy. Right, exactly. Got to put Mad Stan on that. <laughs> so all that happens. And then we go to the Superman story, which began in... Batman Superman Annual 4. And it's an episode that it's an issue that totally goes away from the Batman Superman story arcs going on in the comics and just jumps to the Batman Beyond universe. And there basically Superman comes back to Earth. Well, he's he's on Earth. Well, he's on Earth. And it's his reaction to everything after the Starro has been pulled off of him at the end of the Batman Beyond Justice League Unlimited episode that occurred in season three. I think that was a season the call. Three, the call. That was a season three premiere. And no, it wasn't the premiere. It was like halfway through. It was the mid season. Okay. So it yeah. was it was the mid season episode, the call. And the only good episode of that season. Yes. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. But anyway, the call happens. And that story is done. Because Superman finds Metropolis to be a mess. It's not good because the guy in charge is this guy who's proclaimed his mayor himself as mayor for life. And you may know him as Lex Luthor. Mayor for life. Again, being mayor for life is a story. I mean, how Lex got to become mayor for life is a story that I guess Superman doesn't really like to tell, according to Warhawk. Apparently. So they're uh, they're not going to talk because he saved the universe from Darkseid. That's why. Right, and then I I guess that's what happened. So anyhow, Superman doesn't like what's going on. It's not good, and because of what Lex is doing, um, criminals from Metropolis start coming to Gotham. So of course Terry McGinnis gets involved, and Batman or Bruce Wayne sends Terry to Metropolis to figure out what the heck's going on. Right. And Superman is kind of running around acting as this ghost character who's basically teleporting bad guys to the Phantom Zone. And so Bruce wants to know what's going on with that. And then Superman kind of just uses Terry to um, break into the Fortress of Solitude, steal this device for Lex Luthor, and basically give Superman an opening so he can go into Lex's fortress and basically defeat him. And thanks to Terry's help, they defeat Lex Luthor rather easily, I felt. I felt this should have been a longer story. Because, I mean, if this I is agree. the final battle of Lex Luthor, I felt it needed to be a lot bigger than it was. Yeah. I agree. But I, I guess they figured they only had one chance to tell this story and didn't know the big comic book story arcs were coming out. So they get it done, and they basically send Flex to the Phantom Zone. Again, after that, Superman decides to leave for the... And we see, and we see Zod or Sennan. Yes, briefly. Who did not show up in the Superman animates series. So how they're there is the story for another time. And Superman basically leaves for the stars because... 
he feels he has nothing left basically on Earth now that Lois is dead and everything else. Lois is dead. I'm leaving. And then we jump to the <laughs> Superman Beyond comic where basically Superman has come back to Earth after traveling the universe and is trying to find a purpose again. And he fights this big mean guy that can he transforms in this giant like rock man I guess is the best rock way to describe yeah it's a, it's a prison inmate and while doing some odd job in prison he gets gassed by something and this turns him into a crazed rock monster and Superman and this guy have to fight each other and Superman gets stabbed through the chest yeah the Which guy actually, yeah the guy actually thinks he killed Superman but everyone knows that the exposure to the sun will eventually heal him so that works out and then superman which i thought was actually kind of a cop-out because he really got him <laughs> yeah but i guess they realized oh he's not gonna die because we have to do more comics with him so <laughs> we can't do that plus if he died there it just would have been anticlimactic i mean superman's gonna die it's gotta be huge or they do what they did in all-star superman which was actually really well done. Except he didn't really die. Right. So, that, I mean, I guess that's a fitting end for Superman. So I felt like they needed to do something like that there. If this was really going to be the end. But it wasn't. And I really felt bad for Superman in this story. And in the Superman Unlimited comics. Later on, just about Lois being gone. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. especially knowing what we know in Smallville and loving their relationship so much on Smallville um, between oh, yeah. Lois and Clark this is just heartbreaking to see him without her and he's just really lost and you know, he's not even sure if he should continue against Clark Kent and he's yeah. still and that's crazy and he's still trying to make the Clark Kent thing work but it's harder than it was before and there's a great scene between Bruce and Clark about this whole situation. At the Which end of the I comic. thought needed to be in there. And it was great. It was just really well done. And it being explained that Bruce loved Lois too. And he was leaving flowers for her and stuff. Yeah. And so and he had been for years. Right. So that was a really nice little touch. And then in the Superman Beyond comic, Superman's also dealing with this issue of maybe he's not even needed as a hero anymore because the police are designing suits for themselves which have the same abilities. Yeah. But like in that episode, I th- is it called Prototype? The first episode that John Henry Irons is in where he builds that suit for Lex and it makes, them so. go, and it makes the cop go crazy? I think so. Well, that seems like it's going to happen with these guys with these suits because Lex Luthor's daughter, long lost daughter, enters the game and she tries to take she's gonna take control of the suits to make them go haywire. So I guess there is going to be a job needed for Superman coming soon, so that's how that leaves off. And I'm looking forward to that. Anything else about Superman coming back, Michael? Jimmy Olsen. Yes, there's brief interludes with Jimmy Olsen, which is good. Old Jimmy Olsen, but 
Right. Still, still Jimmy. That was cool. Um, I'm, to be honest, there's not as much to say about it. I mean, you, I just, you just gotta, I don't know, wait till it's over. That's one of the more, I guess, less interesting stories to read. Yeah. And it's just because it's Superman by himself. He needs more of a supporting cast. I think they're getting there, but we just haven't fully got everything, all the pieces yet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, The Superman story that does kind of work, though, is the Justice League Unlimited story. Yes. The interaction between the team with Batman, Terry McGinnis included, works real well. It's a lot of fun. Um, Micron is a character that's in that Justice League team that I feel, how do I say it, always ends up taking a beating. He's useless. He's useless. In, uh his first appearance in the episode, The Call of Batman Beyond, he basically is taken out very early on in the episode. <laughs> and yes. that's the last we see of him. Then he gets taken out rather easily with the Matter Master story. Yep. And then he becomes a double agent as Cobra takes control of his mind within the Justice League. A limited story arc. He's just the easiest one. So I, I'm not the biggest fan of that or him. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Cobra either. They're kind of weak villains, in my opinion, from Batman and Beyond. I didn't like their role in a season lot, three. They, they could have been done a lot better. Yeah. Like in Young Justice. I think Cobra was done a lot better, actually, in this comic a little bit, with the creature concept. Yes. They they basically, Cobra unleashes this Leviathan-like creature that um, attacks Atlantis and destroys it, and also um, kills Mr. Miracle and destroys New Genesis. Yes. Creating this weird alliance between Kai Father and um, Darkseid and all that stuff. For those of you who uh, read um, mm-hmm. those New Gods comics and know about that stuff, I think you have an idea. Tell me, because a lot of you watch Smallville, so do you know the gist of that? Again, so basically Darkseid's minions have teamed up with the new gods, which is interesting. And the Justice League arrive on New Genesis to find it destroyed, and they're like, what's going on? And then Orion shows up and is like, we're going to take you to Darkseid with the rest of the survivors. And we're like, okay. And then Darkseid shows up and Superman already starts showing his anger towards him. Yo, I don't like you. You're this is your plan stupid. Something's fishy about this. You're trying to take control of my mind. I want to blow up your head again. And <laughs> the guy that's standing there turns out not to be dark side. As Orion, who they think they're with, takes off his mask to reveal himself as dark side. It was switched. Switched. What the heck? Yeah, uh, that was the cliffhanger. So that story is up in the air. And then um, Amanda Waller has something to do with the story with her mind control and some knowledge she has and some stuff like that. And that's yet to be answered as well. 
Yes. So anything about Justice League Unlimited, Michael, for you? For for me, it's, again, like Superman Beyond, you kind of just got to wait and see. Because unlike the Batman Beyond comic, you don't have as much backstory beforehand. Right. So you don't know what, like, to expect, really, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess you kind of do, because you have both Superman Beyond and Batman Beyond stuff for this. Right. But it's different, because it's Justice League. Well, it's really exciting to find out, you know, what's happened between Justice League Unlimited, this series, and, I mean, and what happened after Batman, the animated series, in terms of the Batman universe. Yes. So it's real fun because it's answering those unanswered questions that we had while watching those shows and going into a finale. Um, it's helping yes. our disappointment over the finale that left us with so many unanswered questions. So this well, is really... Return of the Joker was the finale. Return of the Joker was very well good, very well done, and answered a lot of questions. But with that coming out, we were hoping that the show Batman Beyond would explore more of the past, and it kind of let us down and didn't do that. And so this is making up for that greatly. But again, we would ultimately love to see this done in animated format, but I guess that's just not in the cards right now for DC. Guess not. Which is a bummer. It's it's a bummer, but it's a fun read and one of the big revelations. And thank God they resolved this plotline because I hated how open ended they left it on Justice League Unlimited. That was my biggest gripe with the show would have ended. Uh, was the whole love triangle between Vixen, uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, and Hawkgirl? How was yeah. that going to make sense? How was that going to play out? And how ultimately did Warhawk come into existence? So they did a side one-shot story in this about Warhawk's origin to help us understand more about the um, JLU. And basically mm-hmm. it's described that Shadow Thief who in... Now, is this true in the comics? I don't know as much about Hawkman. But um, it's basically revealed that Shadow Thief in the DC animated universe is uh, an extension or a physical manifestation of Carter Hall, otherwise known as Hawkman's darker tendencies. Now, is that true in the comics? That's what it is? It's in the comics, at least in the pre-Flashpoint universe, it was, he is tied to the same curse that holds Hawkman and Hawkgirl, and he is half-set. Oh, okay. That's how it is in Brightest Day, at least. So, at that point. And it could have changed now with yes. the new 52. We don't know the answers to that yet. Yeah. Okay. So that happens. And mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, Shadow Thief comes out. Then Shadow Thief, they're just trying to rethink the story here. Um, Shadow Thief uh, stabs Vixen through the chest. Killing yes. her on yes. the night that John Stewart proposes to her. Okay, what was even worse is that um, Vixen's answer was yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as you can imagine, knowing John Stewart's personality, he is very, very angry about all this. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yes, it takes uh, her to the Watchtower. And poor Martian Manhunter, he doesn't have any lies in this, but he desperately tries to save her. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's terrible. Yeah. 
gets really sad and um the situation goes out john's mad and here comes hot girl shaira who's trying you know who he thinks is coming to calm him down but she's like no i'm gonna go with you we're gonna get revenge on shadow thief for what he did well because vixen and her had become good friends right so they were mad and she was mad john was hurting because she ultimately loved john and it was a mess so they go to the crime scene to figure out what's going on. Again, Adam Strange shows up. Which was strange. Yes, it was very least. strange. Strange is his last name. And uh, they realized that somehow Shadow Thief got his hands on, um, or I guess he stole, because he's a thief, Zeta Beam technology, and used that to show up on Earth and kill Vixen. So... They, using Zeta Beams, basically go to... It's just some random planet, don't they? Isn't it Thanagar? I guess. So they go to Thanagar and they find out this whole backstory about how the Thanagarians following the incidents of Starcross on the finale of Justice League, the animated series, that they lost the... um, the Thanagarians lost their home to the Gord- what? What are they called? Gordanians. Gordanians. They lost their home to the Gordanians, and so they decided to live on Ron and Carter Hall. And then Ron Thanagar War. Yes. <laughs> and then Carter Hall decided to come stay with them on their planet, and Shadow Thief came out of his consciousness and caused all sorts of chaos. And started the um, Rantagarian War. And everything becomes chaos. Yes, and he thinks that he's going to... Carter Hall thinks that if they execute him, he turns himself into the th- um, the Ron society, and they execute him. And they think that's going to get rid of Shadow Thief, but it releases him. It makes him uh, more powerful, get a lot more evil. And yeah, and so he wants to go after the people who have um, prevented Carter Hall from having happiness. And so, which is weird because I don't know. It, does that really make sense? It does because it's the reason why Shaira doesn't love Carter Hall. Okay. Oh, okay. And then he wanted revenge by taking away what was most important to John. Which essentially was Vixen. Yes. So Vixen dies, essentially, and Shaira and Adam Strange and John Stewart beat um Arians. Beat well, they beat a bunch of monsters up. And they fight Shadow Thief. Again, Shadow Thief thinks he has the upper hand because they basically have to fight these scary monsters in the dark on this alien planet, which mm-hmm. means Shadow Thief can basically, he's at full power, basically, because they have to stay in the dark. Yes. So he threatens to kill Shaira, and we think Green Lantern or John Stewart's going to use his ring on him and take him out. But it's He shoots st- him in the face. Instead, <laughs> he whips out a gun made out of nymph metal. And shoots him in the head and kills him. 
And then immediately after, he gets, like, beamed to Oa. Yeah, he gets beamed to Oa. And the little blue Smurfs, though his guardians, are angry. How could you do this? How could you shoot? And How he's like, I didn't use head? my ring. I didn't use my ring. He's like, yeah, you can't shoot anybody. They're like, you can't kill anybody with your ring. And he's like, I didn't use my ring. And because a soldier and a man, I had to kill this guy. They're like, you go, John Stewart. That's awesome. Kind and of, they're like, of awesome we take from you your power, and we cast you out. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. They all go, uh, Anthony Hopkins owned on him. Yeah, they take his powers, and they throw him out, and he's done. That's it. Sorry. Don't wear Green Lantern. And they're like, we're not even going to protect Earth anymore. The superheroes can do that. We're out of here. And yeah. we're going to wait until someone that's a little bit nicer comes to be Green Lantern. They're like, we, we need a little boy to be Green Lantern soon. Mm-hmm. Which sounds kind of creepy in itself. Yeah. They're like, we want a little boy as a Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> we want someone as tall as us. Right. <laughs> exactly. So that goes down. We all know that it ends up becoming the kid Green Lantern in the future. And the and John and Treyra go back to Earth into Africa for... God, I feel like playing that Toto song right now. But anyhow... They go to Africa for a funeral for Vixen. And the village chieftain of Mari's tribe basically says, you know what? You guys seem to be in love. Why don't you make each other happy um, to get over the loss? It's kind of mean. (laughs) That's kind of terrible. It's like... Just like Chloe and Oliver having sex over the spot where Jimmy dies in Smallville. Right. So bad. It's a, it's a quick turnaround, but they realize they're right. And um, Hawker all even addresses the fact that, yeah, I know that if Mari was still here, we wouldn't be together. But it's not worth you not being happy because I love you so much and I can't stand you to be parting like this. So we're going to get together. So they get together, and then, boom, chicka, wow, wow, and then... And all... he laid her an egg, according to Static. Right. According to Static, and that great, great episode of Justice League Unlimited. And there's there's an egg, there's not really an egg laid at all, no. They, they no. have the kid the old-fashioned way. And he basically is born without wings, though. So that's an issue. Right. But... But he's still strong. He is still very strong. And Shaira teaches him the Thangarian ways, and John teaches him about being a soldier and a man and, and history. a hero. Great stuff. And he basically fashions his own nymph metal armor that allows him to fly, which is cool. Yeah. And he goes to Thangarian to help solve the issue on the planet. And that's good. But then they find out that he's at part human, and the Thangarians don't like that. They think that's a sign of disrespect, and him being a son of a traitor, that's a mess, and whatever. And they do accept him as a hero, but still things are uneasy. So Warhawk goes back home, joins the League. Life's all good for him. And, that's uh, after his parents die, correct? I, I don't know. We don't know. What happened to his parents? That's a buzzkill. 
we don't. I just hope they didn't die horrifically. No, they died peacefully, probably. Of old age, in each other's arms. Yes. Something nice like that. And Batman's still alive. <laughs> or yeah, or they're still kicking. Who knows? They're they're old people living in Africa. I know. Dun, dun, they wouldn't dun, survive dun, very dun, long, dun. but you don't know. It's John Stewart. He's tough. That's true. And Hawkgirl's wings; she could fly up if she needed to. Right. So yeah, that's that. That covers the Batman Beyond universe as it continues in comic form. So. Check those comics out. They're really well written. A lot of fun. Good stuff. And if you miss Batman Beyond, great way to continue this story. Um, unfortunately, it's not more episodes of the cartoon show, which I know a lot of people would like, but it's so but good. It's the next best thing. And you can kind of hear Kevin Connery and Will Friedle's voices in your head, so that helps. And Tim Daly. And Tim Daly, a little bit. A little bit, even though he wasn't voiced the Superman of the Future wasn't voiced by Tim Daly, but... Yeah, I know, but that's who I, like, view it as. Yeah, so. that's a good call. So if you hear those voices, you can hear them in your head. Okay, I also heard a little bit of Clancy Brown. So, that's good stuff. And uh, talking about... Again, talking about TV shows continuing in comic form, because it's time to move on to talking about the next installment of Smallville. Yes. With Guardian continuing... In chapter nine of Smallville season eleven, so yes. we're going to continue with our discussion on Guardian right now with our discussion on the digital issue number nine. So let's take it away with the first page. I had to do my summary, Dan. Oh yes, first let's take it away with Michael's summary. As Lois and Superman escape a near collision with one of Sam Lane's military helicopters, Ollie and Chloe get closer to discovering just what landed in the cornfield. Lex is coming closer to discovering what Tess did to him, and Commander Henshaw, well, he gets up close and personal with Lex. Yes. In a moment, that's pretty normal for Lex, but we'll get to that in a minute. First off, we get the cover. There's addition to the cover. Like we thought there would be. Yes, it's Chloe Sullivan in the right-hand corner. We thought it was going to be more of a surprise character, but it's our old pal Chloe. So that's good. Legendary Woman's Happy. And it's great stuff. And moving on. <laughs> and moving on. And that's probably the best drawing of Chloe we've seen so far since season 11 started. Well, it's not Pierre Perez. Right. It's Cat Staggs, so. Nice job, Cat Staggs. And I like her cover arts. They're yes. very good. So as we continue, we've got Superman and Lois. Can you read my mind, Michael? Can you read my mind? There's a voiceover yes. going on. There's a voiceover going on in the comics. Exactly. We hear her like thinking, can yeah. you read my mind? Do you know what would have been hilarious? Get that scene. And also, I wish someone could best with it on YouTube to make it happen is she's like can you read my mind and then it's Jot Jones <laughs> Marsha Manhunter yeah yes I can read your mind that would be she's great she's like I'm not talking about you that would be great wouldn't it because that scene is so goofy 
so stupid. It's a stupid scene. I was told never to use voiceover in scripts. I was taught that in film school, and uh, whoops. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it depends. Works. It worked. It worked in J. Edgar. If yeah. you saw that movie, but it doesn't work in Superman the movie. Nope. Nope. Does not. Not one bit. I think they were trying to make it like the comics, and it didn't work. Anyhow, uh, Clark and Lois are having a discussion in the sky with him flying as Superman, which is cool. This would have been a scene that would have cost the CW an obscene amount of money. So they would have yeah. never done this. Superman returns level scene. Yes. And so basically Lois is like, you miss dinner. And Clark's like, I won't be home for breakfast. But it's cool because I'm a Kryptonian and I don't get all that hungry. <laughs> and they're glad it's quiet for once. And they're making out. And then John Jones is in the clouds. I can read your mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, and Lois, Lois is very, itch- she's very much so itching for a kiss because it's in the sky and romantic and stuff. Yeah. And she's worried because uh, her day is going to call on a nice squadron of bombers. She means her dad. Mm-hmm. Is that what it says in your comic? It says day in my comic. I yes. think it's a misprint, but... They'll fix it. They'll fix it. Brian will raise a stink on Twitter. Fix it! Fix it! It's not day, it's dad. <coughs> and then we go back to Smallville. Oliver and Chloe, they still can't find their way out of that cornfield. Yes. They've been in there for a while. And Metropolis, does it look a little bigger to you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think Metropolis grew. And it looks a little closer to Smallville than it used to be. Yeah. A little bit. Who knows? Oh, well. Great. Because I thought it was like 30 or 40 miles away, but anyhow. So anyway. They're they're walking around in the woods. Not the woods, cornfields. They probably stopped and took some sort of a break. You know, they are husband and wife. So, who knows? All right. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but they talk about moving. Yeah, they talk about moving. And Oliver's like, you don't really have to move if you don't want and stuff. And, and she's like, we need to. Chloe gets down with her bad self. She's like, this is how we hero folk roll. Yeah. Because <clears throat> Chloe's down like that. Ollie says that. No, I thought she says that. That's what she said. No. Ollie says it. Ollie says it, okay. Well Ollie's getting down then. Ollie's the one in the uniform. I thought it was more I thought it was more amusing for Chloe to say something like that. Cause she's yeah. hip, she's cool, she's down with pop culture. Yes. But she's not always down with moving, apparently. Right. That's a problem. Oliver doesn't want to move. Well Oliver's talking about how the the jump to Star City is a big one. And Chloe talks about how she can't lie to Oliver, which is a first for this show because everyone's lying about... to each other. It's all... it's all about what, Michael? Secrets. Secrets. But there That's is what no the secrets. show should have been called. Secrets with the Superman S as the S. Yes. What Chloe says she can't lie to him because she's like, I feel like that they need to move because... They want to settle down. They want to have a normal life. And 
they're kind of worried they're going to get killed doing this stuff because <clears throat> they're not Superman. Yeah, we're going to die, so no. Right, and she feels like they're acting like kids, kind of playing hero running around the woods. And Ollie's like, what's more adult than forming an international League of Heroes? So that's a good point. Exactly. And I love how Ollie calls Gotham a hellhole. He's like, yes. Cersei's the second highest crime rate in the country. If you yes. don't count that whole people called Gotham. Yes, that's on the next page. We've uh, had that magic chime go off that tells you to turn the page with that comment from Michael. Yes. Did you ever read books on tape, Michael? Mm, we read, back when I actually like enjoyed Harry Potter, we read the first five on tape, and then I'm like, this is kind of stupid, I stopped. Okay. But, <laughs> well, there used to be this thing, and I guess this is me kind of dating myself. I don't even know if they have this anymore. But what used to be is there used to be like a tape you could buy, and, a, and like a, a picture book would come with it. Yes, I have one of those. I have a Superman you know, one. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, how yes. you put the tape in the tape player, can you read along with the book, and then yes. there was always a chime that told you to turn the page. Yes, there was. So that's what I'm thinking of when we turned the page of the comic book. It was really oh, weird, too, because Metallo, like, he, not only was the voice actor weird, but, like, he turned into liquid metal and started going down drains. That's messed up. It, I was like, wait. Metello doesn't do that, or Metallo doesn't do that. I had an awesome one for um, the Batman animated series, um, and it had the voice actors from <gasps> the animated series on No. Yeah, it was I, awesome. I might need to borrow that if you still have it. I don't it. even know where it is, <laughs> but it was so cool, and Kevin Conroy like, did the voice and stuff on the tape. Oh, that's awesome. So, they, yeah, so it was like the book. They read the, the book, and... There was, like, a narrator who would read, like, parts of the story, and then all the voices were done by the Batman characters. Awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. I bet. And there there was one on a story that they made up on their own, and then there was another one that was I Almost Got Him. Oh. Do you know that episode? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And I wish I had that one, because I would have been... I love that episode. I know. That's a crazy episode. It's a great episode. It is it's a great episode. Isn't that the one where they're at the bar with all the villains? Yes. And then Batman turns out to be Killer Croc? Yeah. I love that episode. The best line of that is, Croc, what did you do to the Batman? Uh, I threw a rock at him. <laughs> God, it turns out to be Batman, yeah. Love it. Anyway. Anyway, Tom Oliver wants to buy a ridiculously... The expensive house with Chloe, then settle down, and they think that's cool. But he already bought a sa- satellite. And then Chloe mentions adding a little archer to the family. Hint, hint, hint. We know what's coming. Yes. And then Ollie like looks up, and something doesn't seem right in the cornfield. And they find um, boot boot prints in the ground and they're like what's this and then Chloe's like alright it's time to whip out the gun with the silencer mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, gonna you get packing, nice here aren't you that was nice that was a great Chloe Sullivan line and mm-hmm. knowing Allison Mack she would have said that line all like sweet and innocently and that would have been fun mm-hmm. would have gotten laughs out of the audience 
Then Oliver also finds blood. Uh, um, the stock the corn. of corn, yeah. Which is a normal thing in Smallville. It. I don't know what's suspicious about that. Why do you need to get your guns out? <clears throat> There's like some meteor freak in the background. Yeah. And I, Chloe's, you know, Oliver's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, I'm in the corn. My uh, wife's got the gun loaded and it's, let's go. Let's fight whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a mysterious figure comes out of the corn behind them. Bum, bum, bum. Well, okay. Is Who gonna... has that hairline? He looks bald. No, there's like four strands of hair just in a line. Look. I don't know anybody with dreadlocks. Peep, so, the only one I can think cyborg. of who has... It's not Cyborg. Oh, you don't want it to be. It's not Cyborg. There's no chance. Who is it? But the only person who has something similar to that is one of those monitors from Final Crisis. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's too complicated for Smallville, Michael. But that's the only one. Oh, no. Why would he be in a Queen Industries rocket? I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I like that Brian's kind of keeping us in suspense. But you got to reveal the next issue. This is getting tiresome. I know. Like, who is it? I want to know already, darn it. Oh, no. Guess and, what? And I guess it would go over better if we were reading it in issue installments compared to just the digital print every week. I agree. But it just seems like it's been a long time coming to reveal who this is. What if it was Metron? Oh! Oh! Oh, oh. too complicated. Okay. What if it was Pariah? What do you mean? Remember in Crisis of Infinite Earths, that guy who can never die? Oh, yeah. And he watches all the universes die? That seems too obscure. Because people are into Smallville that don't know about all that stuff. That means nothing. Uh, You brought Hank Henshaw in, for goodness sakes. Yeah, but you didn't need to know who Hank Henshaw was. Before. You don't need to know who Pariah is either. They'll well, explain also, it Hank Henshaw was involved with one of the biggest Superman storylines of all time. He was involved with the death of Superman. And Pariah was involved in one of the biggest DC Comics storylines of all time. Yeah, but not a lot of people know about the crisis, Michael. You'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. Shame on you people. People, don't, A lot of just the common people don't even know that, like... The storyline reset in 1987. They just think it's just went on. Oh. I, I thought that for a long time. I mean, I didn't Ooh. know any better. I mean, before I really started like researching this stuff on the internet, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. But again, as far as my comic book knowledge went of the DC Universe, it started in 1987 and went on, and that was right after the crisis. So I didn't really know anything before 87. Yeah. So I just, all I knew was post-crisis, and I went by that. That's true. So anyway, this is another... That could be. It's the same hairline. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you know, this was another incident with a Smallville story where I just went, stay with this story. Don't jump forward to another scene. Gosh, start it. 
and he does jump forward. Brian jumps forward in classic Smallville suspense action. Because that's why they got me back every week, because I wanted to see a certain story continue. And at Star Labs. And at Star Labs, Lex is in the bathroom, washing his face. With his gross hand. Yeah, he's out of the toilet. His two-faced hand. And Tess comes up, and there's banter, and they're going at it, and they go back on the past. They they show some of that episode where Tess is revealed as... What episode was that? Abandoned. So, abandoned. Do you go, we have flashbacks on Abandoned where we find out that she was an orphan and Tess discovers that she was uh, Lionel's daughter and all that stuff. Yep. And uh, Tess is kind of giving him a bad time about taking advantage of... Uh, Tenshaw's wife to get them to transfer his consciousness into a robot. That didn't go over well. And then and she can't believe Emil would let him go through it. Yes. Can they explain, you know, that she was in love with Emil and that whole storyline, which was good and well done. And she actually slaps Lex, mm-hmm. which was interesting how that worked. There's an interesting development. Yes. It's very interesting development. It's like she's becoming more powerful inside of him or something. Mm-hmm. So that's really wild. And Lex even finds this interesting. And then Lex talks about how they're going to put, you know, eventually put her consciousness into a drone if it works with Henshaw. No, he wants his. He wants his He wants to be immortal. Yeah, he wants to live forever. Oh, that's kind of crappy. That's what it says on the next I wouldn't want to do that to myself. Or, I mean, I, I guess he wouldn't do it until he was, like, way old. Right. I guess. I guess this is just a test run to see if it would work. Kind of again, he's thinking it'll help all these people, but really, he's ultimately doing it for himself. Yeah, it's kind of like the Android thing in Justice League Unlimited, where he wanted to transfer his mind into like the Amazon drone. Right. So it's that same kind of concept. Um, and he says he's going to do the same to test, and then he's just going to have her dismantled. <clears throat> After that, that's kind of mean. It's really cruel. <laughs> and then he says something She's about already his, ones. And then he says something about his mother. And the whole yeah, that was probably a reference to the twisted Julian incident. Mm-hmm. And then Otis shows up. And he's like, <laughs> "Were you talking to your sister?" He goes, "Yes, Otis." That's how it works. I have a conversation with my invisible sister, and then you barge in with an update. That was hilarious. This was probably one of the most hilarious moments of Smallville was through Smallville season 11 so far. Plus this next page where he's like, sorry about your condition, Miss Mercer. <laughs> and Lex just looks at him. He's like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot, Otis. I would have loved to see Rose and Bob get to interact with a character like this. Yes. Like, he would have made this so much fun. And oh, actually yeah. let him have some humor to play around with. Because mm-hmm. Rosenbaum is a really funny guy. Mm-hmm. And for him, like, with Lex, he really never got a chance to be funny. So this would have been a great opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a brush of breath, brush of breath of fresh air for the character. In the series. Oh, yeah. Because it almost oh, seemed yeah. like later on he was getting tired of playing the character. Yeah, that would have been a great way to keep him 
throughout, possibly. And interested. Fun. Yes. I yes. agree. And then uh, Camille comes out and he's like, your husband would like to see you. We think it made this work. And um, some guy, I don't know who he is, throws uh, Emil out of his own facility, out of his own room or whatever that he was working on, that he was working in. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is my facility. Not tonight. Not tonight. That Lex. He's a Not nasty tonight guy. it isn't. Yeah, that Lex, he's nasty, dude. He throws everybody out of their property. And he would have been like, I, I have friends in high places. I'll call them. They'll be here in faster than a speeding bullet to say no to you guys. Exactly. I mean, he could call the whole league on these guys. He could. I, I, I still he can't would. believe he went through with this procedure, to be honest. Yeah, that was a little weird. And I'm wondering if Clark's going to give him some grief about this. He may. Yeah, he, he might do that. So Isn't this sad? This next moment. Yes. Well, his wife's here, and they're talking, and she's trying to make him feel better and say it's okay. And Hank is kind of like, why can't I feel your hand? Which he was talking about how he enjoyed feelings and sensations before his accident. So this was really jarring to him. And then we have a moment that really... It reminded me, I don't know if you've seen it, Michael, but it reminded me of the movie RoboCop. I've seen parts of it. After they perform his procedure that turns um, the police officer, that's Murphy, that's injured, into a robot, into essentially RoboCop. Um, one of the first scenes that he has as RoboCop is shown from his perspective. And it's people like on a screen talking to him so mm -hmm. we see what he sees so this was straight out of robocop i think it's what inspired the artist or or brian i don't know if it's drawn first and he writes in to the story arc or he writes the story first but totally inspired from robocop which is cool and then lex has his classic moment i had a friend who uh enjoyed smallville that used to watch it with me when I was um, in college. And he always said that he felt Lex kind of moment where he'd get whooped every week mm -hmm. for someone to whack him over the head and he'd get unconscious. And it used to abuse him. He would crack up when Lex had a scene when he'd get knocked down because he's like, Lex got whooped again. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> and so it was always funny. That's he's funny. like, oh, that Lex, he's always getting whooped. And so that was always funny. Uh, especially his reaction and uh, I know we hate the episode but the one where Pete came back Hero Hero when uh, Clark just like slaps him out of the way yeah at super speed my friend cracked up laughing at that part he's like oh Lex really got whooped this time so <laughs> Lex has his get whooped moment here where he's getting strangled by Tank Headshaw as a very different looking Android, a uh, very different looking cyborg. Yes, it's yeah. not cyborg. It's Armin Zola. Cyborg. It's Zola. <laughs> it reminds me of Armin Zola from Captain America. He's basically a giant android who gives a face inside of his chest. 
So, and he's mad. On the last panel, we have Angry Angel saying, Why? Why did you do this to me? What's up with that? Ken Emil's like, I always wonder when I get to use this. Ken, he pulls out a signal watch. Yes. Known, worn by Jimmy Olsen. Normally. But Jimmy's not here yet. So. Jimmy's not here, so Emil does it. Ken, he's like, let's hope Superman can hear it. So he presses the button of the watch, and I'm sure to the next panel when our next installment begins, Clark will fly in and save the day. Yes. So, But that's two weeks away. That is two weeks away, unfortunately. We're going to have to wait. But we will be back next week with Comic Talk. But uh, first off, Michael, did you have something you wanted to say about the Signal Watch? I know you kind of had... Did you have a complaint about it? or? No, I was very excited to see it. I was... Okay. I know it's normally a Jimmy Olsen thing, but I think for Emil Hamilton, it works. And I th- and I think a comic that, that explains it real well is the last issue of Superman before the reboot. Yes. And basically what happens is Superman gives a signal watch to each one of his allies and friends. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense to me. Okay. So that makes sense. goes along with that. And that's a wrap for Smallville this week. I think we've tucked your guys' ear off long enough. We got lost in the world of Batman Beyond, which is fine, but it made us a little long-winded this week. So with like that, I think it's time to wrap things up. But quickly, Michael, can you tell everyone what we're going to be doing next week? Yeah, next week um, Next week we're going to be covering Jeff John's Green Lantern series. And what we're going to do with that, basically, is we're going to talk about where the Green Lanterns a little bit, and then we're going to talk about the current series taking place in the New 52. We're going to not do Blackest Night or Brightest Day because, yeah, it, some of it's confusing and some of it's boring and stuff like that. So that's basically what we're going to do next week. And the week after, we're hoping to do Aquaman, and by then, Smallville will be back. Right. So that's the plan. That's how we're doing things. And you guys should definitely check out our interview with Green Lantern, the animated series producer, John and Carlo Felipe. Yes. Because that was incredible. It was very awesome. And uh, he's a very nice guy, great guy to talk to. So that was very enjoyable. So definitely check out that interview. It was great. And we appreciate John Carlo coming in and talking with us and spending a lot of time with us. That was really great. And he may set us up with more great stuff for you guys to listen to. So, um, yes, we very much so appreciate all that. So good stuff. And, uh, next week we'll be covering green lantern more. Yeah. And, uh, comics. you can cut. Yeah. So I felt like I was cutting you off there. Did you have something else you want to real quickly say? No, okay. no, not really. I was going to start closing us off, but all right. Well, also, um, of course, check out Michael's show retro reviews. It's on hiatus right now. But you can listen to their backlog of episodes, which mainly discusses a lot of Smallville. But they just discuss Power Rangers and Supernatural and more. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo and more. So check that out. Also, check out our Road to the Dark Knight Rises podcast, where we basically have so far provided you with audio commentaries on the films Batman Begins and Batman Gotham Knight to get you guys excited about the Dark Knight Rises coming out on July 20th. Again, we have a uh, commentary we're going to do soon on The Dark Knight. So keep an eye out from that. That should be coming sometime, I'd say, second week or third week of July. Um, It'll be out before the movie comes out, though. So Yeah, don't worry about that, guys. Don't worry about that. We'll get that set up. 
also, if you'd like, you could contact our podcast, of course, by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. Uh, and there you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to contact us in other ways, you can hit us up through Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And also through these sites, um, we'll keep you updated on our podcast releases and also provide you with movie and TV news that Nico finds out for us during the week. So And some comic news. And some comic news as well. So keep an eye out for all of that. Also, um, if you'd like, you can leave us a voicemail with your theories or your thoughts on any of the comics books we discussed today, the TV shows we discussed, or anything like that. Okay, We're on Green Lantern for next week. Right, or on Green Lantern for next week. And uh, what number can they call to do that, Michael? That number is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. Also, if you'd like, you can access our YouTube channel, and that provides you with all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming summer movies, such as Spider-Man, Batman, and more. Also, um, we have a playlist featuring many of the DC Nation shorts that we discuss on this show. So definitely um, check all that stuff out. It's a great place to go. Then also Michael has some of his original proofs and promos for Across the Airways events there too. Also, if you don't want to go back through and listen to this podcast for all the ways that you can access us, you can download our Android app, which will let you listen to the Across the Airways episodes through your cellular phone and also allow you to contact us through your phone as well. So once again, for Michael's Retro Reviews co-host, Lou Kim, and my original Across the Airwaves co-host, Nico Reifstech, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until the next DC Nation, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you, everybody. Have a great week. Keep enjoying Smallville and the summer and everything. See ya. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.